Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther at Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl season six episode titled Magical Thinking. Uh, there's there weren't really news this week. Uh, we'll talk about DC fandom next time. Uh, so that was kind of the only thing that came out. The, the only other thing that was like newsworthy this week was Melissa Benoist went back to having brunette hair. Uh, so that's, <laughs> I, guess, I guess, a news item. She's not really uh, looking like Supergirl anymore. It's a wrap on Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was maybe a new, we, I guess we could have considered it a news item. I guess that's kind of a, a big deal. Um, but uh, so really no news for this week. So let's just get into our episode discussion of magical thinking. And so here is the official description. Quote, Lena is uncertain about using her magical abilities to help Supergirl retrieve the second totem from Nixley. William struggles to write a story on the Super Friends that makes both the heroes and Andrea happy. Meanwhile, Kelly is thrilled Esme, guest star Mila Jones, has found a new home, but things go awry when the little and the little girl's future is put in danger. Unquote. Uh, so this was uh, our, I guess, our second attempt at finding another toe, second and third almost. Uh, Nixley goes after the the Hope totem as well. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're we're really into the totem we're thing. That's doing ha- it. We're doing we're it. Just, now. We're just we're in it. And um, I was trying to uh, think about the totem situation. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Uh, so Morgan, why do you think the totem? So here here was my thought. So the totems are supposed to be like uh, a symbol of whatever the thing is, right? Yes. So why does the totem make people do the opposite thing? Each totem has had an adverse effect. Like, I would think that the the totem of humanity would make everybody, like, more humane. Yeah, I mean, that is a good question. That is a real puzzler because at least last week the totem was like the courage totem right or yeah and it made everybody courageous and it made everybody brave like overly brave yeah um and brave enough to like finally go and turn to your coworker and be like actually i hate you and then (laughs) and then from that and and iguanas uh it made the uh, iguana brave enough to be a dragon and (laughs) from that caused chaos and like i i understood (laughs) from like a to b i understood what was happening in this episode i did not almost ever understand what was happening (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i don't understand why 
a uh, a totem of humanity would make people meaner? Like, why was it sucking out people's humanity? It was like, no, we're just going to give all the humanity to the totem bearer. It was like, I don't, why would that? And like, that was her gauntlet was just like that the. Yeah, they changed the, the rules on us this week. Yeah. So so now there was no gauntlet in humanity for some reason. But I wonder if they're going to be gauntlets for the other totems. But it felt like the gauntlet, the gauntlet was the humanity inside of you all along. Uh, but no, I like it. Like the gauntlet was that like the totem was overwhelming her with humanity. Maybe? I guess I just I have so many questions about the totems. I'm I'm now like I was I was there with them when it started, but now I'm starting to try to fall. I'm I'm falling away from the premise of a lot of this. So I'm trying to keep up with why the totem is the way it is. Because totems, I had to go look up the definition of totem because I was like, well, maybe it, <laughs> maybe it means something that uh, maybe that I don't understand. And a totem, one of the definitions of uh, totem is one that serves as an emblem or a symbol. So I would think that the totem would be a symbol of whatever the thing is that it's representing. Yeah, like a little person for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I have a little like a Polly Pocket. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was, I would uh, be into that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was strange. It, it, and then it was never explained. Nothing was ever explained in this one <laughs> um, on like many levels, but it was never explained why her getting the totem of humanity would make everybody else like lose their humanity and would overload her with human. Like, I don't I guess it, I guess it made Nixley <sighs> more like full of humanity. Like, it, it, but she was like zapping it from everyone else. So she was removing their humanity, but putting it in her. So I guess maybe that could make sense. But last week, everybody was affected. So yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to follow. I, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's rules set up for each of these totems that are going to be for all. Like all the rule Are the rules different every time? I, I'm guessing so at this point. I don't know. So, um, uh, so I just wanted to sh- straight out of the gate. Uh, I have many questions about the totems. Uh, but I also, Morgan, was curious because we did see a little, di- a, a bit of a different side of Nixley this week because we of the humanity totems. <laughs> what, what did you think about Nixley? Uh, Nixley was very concerned with the snow leopards, as was Beaker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a, it was an interesting kind of turn for her that suddenly she was feeling like a lot of emotions. Um, not as so many that like it would like her eyeliner would run like that is clearly continuing its creep into full-blown evil (laughs) every episode it gets like a little thicker a little bit fuller a little bit more malice in there um but you would think that like this episode maybe like like when they come back to her like the eyeliner it's like maybe she's got like a little shimmer in there like it's a little lighter color she's like i don't know i was just feeling fixing it up uh (laughs) but yeah no i mean i thought that was kind of an interesting concept to like what if Nixley could feel like a, a lot of compassion, but it's, it's not like she's like a, like she can't experience compassion in any way. Like she's clearly felt betrayed by her brother who she loved. So, you know, uh, but she was like less villainous, I guess. She didn't want to shoot the guard. Um, although really bonking him over the head was always an option. I'm not sure why they, 
why they jump directly to murder. And also yeah. it makes you question. It made me question at least. Like, how did she get that gun and that uniform? Did she murder the other guard or did she bonk him in the head? Because if she <laughs> bonked him in the head, then there's a precedent for head bonking and she should have just gone with that. Like the Hope Totem, not to be disappointed that the villain didn't win, right? But the Hope Totem was really right there. And it feels like it was like, like, why are you such a quitter? Bonk him on the head and be on your way. Like the answer is right there. I like the phrase bonk, and so I'm gonna just keep using it. <laughs> you 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 had me at the precedent for head bonk. <laughs> it just it opens too many questions. They're opening doors that they want shut. It's not my fault. <laughs> well, uh, she maybe she just went to like the security guard um store. That's awesome. Like she went to the, I mean, it is the season. Maybe she went to Party City or the Halloween <laughs> store. Maybe, maybe the, uh, the, the site of the old, uh, Orenfeld building is now a Halloween store, yeah. <laughs> as is every, uh, empty building eventually. And she, she went That's in there and she got, she got security guard. Uh, <laughs> what, what if she had walked up, but like her outfit, like his outfit was normal, but hers was like sexy security guards. <laughs> <laughs> like really high boots and like her her skirt was too short and he was like wait a minute that doesn't look regulation it's and then she bonks him and then she's done she can she can get the hope totem i'm just disappointed in her lack of gumption here i think <laughs> that's really a better plan yeah uh, that's yeah that is disappointing i guess i i liked getting to see a little different side of nixley and i think the actress has done such a good job uh peter peter surgeon uh, for you know mixing that up and being able to show those different sides i loved the stuff of her with the with the orb like sitting there looking at it like you know i guess <laughs> hamlet or something um so that, i liked it but then i was also like oh they broke my nixley because i've really enjoyed <laughs> how evil she's been and how much she loves to mess stuff up and here it was like oh but she's not she's not like doing stuff now she's just I like when she was sad so full of humanity that <laughs> she was just like lying on the ground like like uh just moving the orb from like hand to hand going the snow leopards <laughs> like like that was pretty funny although like i guess i mean is is the uh like somebody with a lot of humanity are they just like crushed by the state of the world is that what the show is trying to tell us like you get too much humanity and then you just can no longer function because you think about like all the injustice you're like those snow leopards and then you think about that like one little seal on the melting ice cap and you just can't go to work that day like is that the the theory yeah, I, I, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, their their uh, definition of humanity in the episode, I was like, okay, I guess I guess it kind of works with the compassionate and sympathetic part of the definition. But also humanity is the quality or state of being human. So I would have <laughs> thought that maybe more of the humanity aspect of it would be more in relation to humans, not necessarily saving the snow leopards. <laughs> Who are not humans. Uh, so I guess it's just how, you know, as a writer, it's, you know, it's writer's choice and how you interpret that. Uh, well, the, the, I'm sure she it. was like, she's probably watched some of those nature documentaries, like during downtime on the ship with Mitch. And <laughs> <laughs> she's Did like, get Nat Geo on there. I hope that's all they get on there. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just they're just watching it going like, oh my God, 
so majestic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't know what I thought about exactly about compassionate, uh, full of humanity, Nixley, uh, because I just I wanted her to keep causing trouble. And I guess I also have a a question in relation to something that Nixley brought up, because I I was reminded this week uh, by uh, our listener, Claudia, in the live tweeting, because I couldn't remember why Nixley couldn't just snap and use her imp powers. It's like, why, why is she like going undercover? Why is she carrying a gun? <laughs> and Claudia reminded me that she has the power dampening cuff. And so she has yes. her, her magic. I completely had forgotten about that. But um, one thing I did have a question uh, about with Nixley and her ability to snap and make things happen. Why have they, did Cara, and this is just like open to the chat. If y'all have any thoughts, cause I can't remember cause season six, this last half, has been a real whirlwind for me and I'm trying to keep up, but <laughs> have they, have they tried to send her back to the fifth dimension by saying her name backwards? Is that, I don't think is so. that an option. It feels like it should be. It feels like that should have been their like first go to idea. Yeah. Yeah. Won't you die if like at the end of the show, they're like the end of the series, like the, the finale or the, the penultimate, they're like, what if we tried saying her name backwards? <laughs> <laughs> because like they just realize it. <laughs> because I guess one of my questions for you, Morgan, and I guess this is kind of a, a segue into that, is they have this whole plan of stealing the humanity from the people of National City and sending it into Nixley. And there's a little bit of a, a morality, philosophical debate about whether or not they should do it. And then they do it anyway. So I was curious what your what your thoughts are about that, and how how if they could just say her name backwards, they wouldn't have to do that plan. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I watched it pretty recently because I watched it tonight, and and then I I finished the episode, and then I said. I have to go back to that scene where they're arguing about the morality of this plan because I thought that they had settled on not doing it. That's what I thought. And I was like, oh, Lena's learned her lesson from season five because there was that whole thing about her uh, taking away the free will of the people. And this was very similar. So I was like, oh, Lena's learned something. And then then the next scene, they're telling William that they're going to do it. And I was like, oh, so clever what they're gonna do is they're gonna have him like write an article and somehow that's gonna trap Nixley like I don't understand it I don't understand it but they're playing like they're playing on a different dimension 40 chess me yeah 40 chess like I don't get it I don't get I don't I don't know that it makes sense but I'm like this is a clever plan probably maybe (laughs) and then and then we come back from the commercial break and I'm like I I love how resourceful these guys are being. I like how they're, they're playing. They're playing everybody. They're playing William, but they're also playing Jean. They're playing Alex because they they're not in on it either. It's just a, it's just a Carolina thing. They're like winking at each other. I'm like, yeah, girls, yeah. And then they do the exact thing I thought that they had agreed not to do. Yeah. And then I went, oh no. I've misunderstood something very basic. <laughs> so I watched the whole episode and when it got over, I literally rewound back to that scene. And I have to tell you, despite having watched it like twice, maybe almost re- like uh, ranging towards three times, <laughs> it still wasn't entirely clear at the end of that scene that they had decided 
to do it, but just to let William write about it. So I was watching with Mike and I went, Mike, just make sure, just make sure that, uh, that you're picking up the same thing. They decided <laughs> that it was morally wrong, but if they wrote about it in the newspaper and people knew about the morally sketchy decision that they made, it's all a wash. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's what I got too. And I was like, cool. That's not, it doesn't make like a ton of sense to me, but at least I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought it up before I went on my 10 minute rant about it. Cause I was like, I was like, listen, like, I don't know, like I'm tired tonight. Maybe I'm just like not paying full attention, but I feel like somehow, suddenly I cannot follow a Supergirl episode. Like what is happening in this thing? <laughs> Yeah, I was really confused when I first watched it. I I kind of was with it in the second viewing, but that that whole talk about oh, we we should just we should totally for the greater good take everyone's humanity. Well, and I guess Supergirl specifies that it's just the people who had already been infected initially. They're just going to take more of their humanity away. And I, I I was surprised. It it was like Lena was like no, we should definitely not do that. That's wrong. Yeah, that's like a bad plan. And uh, <laughs> and and Supergirl's like, Lena, Lena, hun, the ends justify the means. And Lena was like, listen, that is actually uh, the Luther life motto. It's, actually, it's on our crest. So I'm very familiar with the concept. But I think that that's probably bad. And Kara's like, mm, but is it? And Lena's like, no, you're right, it's not. And I was like, wait, what? It's like... If they post about it on their blob, it's suddenly <laughs> fine. Like by yeah. the time they also, by the time William's posting this thing in Catco magazine, 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 like the magazine print production print cycle is like just instantaneous. Uh, it's going to be like days later. People are still going to be like, man, that whole thing where we all fought and tried to shoot each other was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rogue Artist uh, uh, talks about the quote uh, that Lena says, secrets are hard to hide in the light of day. And I get that that is like a reference to, you know, maybe Kara's secret and the, the secret between them and all that kind of stuff. But my question is, if you Oh do my God, I just got it. His name is William Day. In the light of day. <laughs> Mind blown never mind i was criticizing this episode but i just didn't understand that it had layers <laughs> <laughs> but e even if you do something morally wrong but you do it with people <laughs> knowing about it in the public does that make it less no, morally it's wrong still wrong that's the <laughs> thing that i couldn't get it's like if i decided to like uh i don't know slash your tires but then i i wrote you a note and I put it on Facebook or something. I was like, I just slashed Rebecca's tires. And the reason I did it was because I was mad at her. Like, <laughs> it's still not a good thing that I did. I, who cares if I did it in the light of day? I still did a messed up thing. And you're very justified in being angry at me. Like, it doesn't, like, just, it just doesn't make sense. I feel like that what they were saying is, like, there are no police in National City. They've all left. We've seen that. <laughs> There's no law enforcement. The DEO has gone. It's basically being run by a bunch of super uh, superheroes with no oversight whatsoever into <laughs> their decisions. And so the way that they're giving back to the little guys out there is to occasionally have a magazine article, probably like a really long one, too, based on how many times 
Andrea was flipping that thing, just explaining <laughs> their thought process to the people, you know, because people are just going to pick up that, you know, CatCo New Yorker and read like a 6,000 word piece <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, the thing that got me is that at the beginning of the episode, Alex is like, yeah, we need we need the public on our side when when things get crazy. We need the public support. And by the end of it, they're like, let's remove all of their humanity. And I just I just kind of I was I was disappointed in them because it seemed like they were treating the public as like is their little pawns. Well, they totally they can do were. anything with. And we saw some of the repercussions of that, which is that a woman almost gets shot and Esme almost gets murdered by a bunch of like people during their purge or whatever was happening. <laughs> it was kind of like a purge. Like that that could have gone very wrong for the people of National City and probably still did. Like some people are probably waking up going like, how did this how did this brick get through my window? Like again, again the insurance premiums in this town are <laughs> whew, gonna be so crazy. But like the idea like, well let's make it worse for a little while and then that'll that'll make Nixley drop her totem and then It'll be better. I think that's like a morally questionable thing that they decided to do to the point where they had Lena be like, that's a morally questionable thing. I would know I mostly do morally questionable <laughs> things. It's kind of my whole bag here. Like you're <laughs> really stepping on my territory and I don't know if I love it. Um, but uh, I feel like Car and Lena have been spending a lot of time with each other because they're beginning to kind of like swap personalities <laughs> in like a really fun way. You know, like when you've been hanging out with somebody and you find that you're taking on like some like words that they commonly say, and you're like, I don't usually say like coolio, but my friend does. <laughs> and and Car is like, I don't usually think that maybe we should use people as guinea pigs, but I don't know. Lena's got some good concepts. <laughs> While Lena's like, huh. Maybe some things I've done in the past have been wrong. Maybe we shouldn't keep doing them. <laughs> yeah, if Lena Luther is telling you, hey, that's maybe the, the bad thing to do. That maybe is a, your <laughs> signal to not do it. And so it was it was hard for me with Supergirl in this episode because at the end, she and Lena are just like eating pot stickers, hanging out at the tower <laughs> like nothing happened. And they're like, well, I guess some people are going to be okay with what we did and some people aren't. And I guess we're, it's just good that it's out in the open. And I kept thinking, if I was one of those people in National City, I would be so ticked off. You like, played God with my life. That's like, essentially what they did. Like some people are gonna be are gonna be really happy that we we saved the day, and some people are gonna have some questions about the fact that they almost killed a child. And <laughs> I don't, uh, guys, you guys, and they're just like. Pot sticker high five. <laughs> I did like it was no big deal. It was the weirdest thing. It was like psychopathic. It was, and I, maybe I shouldn't say that. That's going to get me in trouble with the, the internet. But it just was, it was so strange that they didn't even like, it wasn't a thing that weighed on them. It well, was just it something was, they did the and whatever. It's the end of the episode. But like, it, like what to me is that they, they underlined that this was like a kind of a morally questionable great choice that they were making. Because Lena was like, hey, as the maker of many morally questionable great choices, uh, I don't think that we should do this. This is like categorically bad. And Supergirl was like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I kind of agree. Let's do it. And, and then I was I it just it was kind of mind blowing. Like they they never 
took you from point A to point B on their like thought process to where they got to the fact that like I could even see it if it was like Car said something like, you know what? Yes, this is going to hurt some people and I'm not happy with that. But like the repercussions of leaving Nixley out there are so severe, right? That like we have to do this and like bringing Lena around on that. But instead they were just like, what if we just had William write an article about it? Morality solved. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I wondered if it was just me that was like, ooh, ooh I don't uh people in the chat i don't know if y'all can hear the thunder clapping outside <laughs> heard that this room it is storming cats and dogs over here uh but the people in the chat are saying that uh nixley does have to say her name backwards so that is what they would have to do ah. to, to trick her into doing that but it's Feels like weird. they haven't even tried that though <laughs> they haven't even tried like that would be the first thing i would at least try or even mention even if they can't do it with her for some reason i would still I would still be writing that name backwards and try to see if I can figure out at how least, to at least get her have to do the, it. At least have them try it once and it doesn't work. And then and we don't fails. have to question. Yeah, yeah. We're like, well, why didn't they try this very obvious thing that always works with, you know, Mixie? So, yeah, it's very, very I confusing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to just go with the story. But there are some things where I'm like, but what? Did they like I forgot about the power dampening cuff and I'm I'm just like am I, are there other things that I'm forgetting maybe they did mention it and I don't remember. Well, it, it's Mike had asked me. He was like, "Wait, why is she like dressed up like a guard? Doesn't she have magic?" And I was like, "Maybe." <laughs> I was like, "I think she's got a power dampening cuff on." I don't remember how she got that on, but I feel like it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think they got it on when they tried to fool her with the Mixie decoy with uh, Dreamer. Uh, that was a couple of episodes ago. Mixie in the middle, I think was what it was called. Um, the giant so, cat episode. Uh, yes, that seems right. Um, so that that was uh, something that they did do. So that was on that was on me. That's like a, a viewer comprehension error that I had that I had forgotten about power dampening cuff. So now that I know that it makes more sense to me while she, why she's doing all of that. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. There's so much happening. Like, I don't like the I, the feeling of like being halfway through a Supergirl episode and be like, what am I like? What is happening? What am I watching? Why can't I follow this? And this one was definitely a lot of that. Like, I was just like, wait, excuse me, what? What's happening? Why did they make that decision? Like, the fact that I had to rewatch a scene and it wasn't just, like, immediately clear, uh, I think is, like, not a good sign for the composition or the writing of the episode. Yeah, there was a lot of them having to explain things in the episode. So it, that, that, was, that was tough to follow. You had to really pay attention. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we did talk about it a little bit, but we did see uh, Lena's magic progress a little bit she did some more magic in this episode she sure did <laughs> so uh, what did you think about uh lena and her little witchy lab at the at the tower oh um i loved when she uh created a confusion with nia so she didn't know her left from her right <laughs> that was really funny i like how she's like uh, magic is tricky it's not like science it's like yeah because it's all made up uh so that's first <laughs> Uh, this this whole uh, Lena being magic storyline continues to just be such a choice that they're making. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
gets close to the end. Uh, it's such a weird decision to be like, uh, yeah, and then we're going to suddenly give this character magical powers, like, you know, 10 episodes from the, the series finale. Why? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was really funny that scene at the end where they're like, uh, she does the, the spell correctly and like the magic comes up and her and William both look up like, ah, was shot so funny. I could not stop laughing. Well, it was a weird choice because what they were doing was removing the humanity of people and, and sending so it into. they're so excited about it. They're Yay! so, they're, they're like in awe. They're like, wow, look at we did, look at what we did. Uh, that was that was a strange direct uh, direction choice there. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess it's it's good that Lena's kind of getting to where she can at least make magic happen. She's at least magical things are happening when she tries them, so that's good. Uh, I did have some questions about the lab in the tower because I don't know if uh, I guess they're Bunsen burners or something, but there was like fire in the tower. Like it was like on, like was she using the fire? Was it cold in there? What? I don't know. What was she doing? So I I was very curious. Also, why was there, like they just had like a huge bonfire was like how they. (laughs) I I don't. Where are they? Are they allowed to have just an open fire out there? Is that like sort of some sort of safety concern? Oh, you mean at the botanical gardens when they were doing (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to be able to do that in a botanical garden. I don't think so either. Situation. I don't think that is uh, kosher. Um, and so Lena, though, was having trouble because she did do it incorrectly the first time. And then William Day comes in to give her a pep talk. So, Morgan, what did you think about uh, William's advice to Lena? Well, I like that it was it revolved around baking because I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off. And you know what? You have to really put your heart into it. Um, uh, uh, Processed ingredients are never going to be as good as the fresh, real things. He's right about that. And uh, you want to make sure that it's not claggy. Uh, that's what they say on the show all the time. You don't claggy. want it to be claggy. You don't want it to be claggy. Okay. Definitely not. And it can't have a soggy bottom. Okay. So, no, soggy bottom. Okay. So I, I thought that that was all like very solid advice. He's like, listen, Lena, this is important. No soggy bottoms. Nobody wants to eat that. <laughs> it's not going to win any. It's not going to win any prizes. And my girlfriend, who is definitely real <laughs> and who loves to bake. And who is real? She just lives in Canada, Lena. She lives in Canada. <laughs> you just went at Canada, you know. Anyway, she is a great baker. Like, I know I don't I know I don't bring in the stuff that she bakes. It's because I eat it so fast because she's totally real. Uh, I love how how fast they dropped his girlfriend, like even mentioning her at all. Um, but but what I really love about about this is the character progression of William into just a person who cares a lot about baking. Like I understand that there was some (laughs) background about his, like his dad and his family and it was like pretty affecting, but uh, I, I'm just really obsessed with how much he loves baking. Like that, that (laughs) has become his like one character attribute. And I I like it. I hope that they lean into it harder. Actually. I hope (laughs) it's like all he ever talks about. And whenever he has to give somebody a pep talk, he's like, this is that like that time I had to make muffins. How and can- they're like, oh, William, if we have to hear about your muffins one more time, I swear. <laughs> if you're going to tell me about the muffins, you better bring some in. You better that's, bring some muffins That's, that's what He's I like. Always talking about baking, but he never brings any baked goods. Like, I feel like that's kind of William's vibe. Like, he's like, oh, my God, I just made the most amazing quiche. And they're like, well, where is it? 
oh, just me and my girlfriend who's totally <laughs> real. We just had it. <laughs> we had it. We shared it. I took a picture on Instagram. Did you see it? <laughs> oh, no, you don't see it? Oh, it was in stories. It was tw- oh, more, <laughs> over 24 hours ago. I guess you just don't check my stories enough. <laughs> like, he never posted it to stories. He never made that quiche. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I did like that scene. I think Stasnir, I think, is actually a really good actor. Yeah, it's, he it's, is. Unfo- it's unfortunate. I don't give him anything to do on this show, really. But he, he actually sold that baking story for me. I was like, oh, I get it. I feel I feel an emotional connection to your father, William. I'm 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 there with you. Uh, so I I'm just uh, disappointed that the show never really gave him more meaty material like this because he clearly can deliver it. But they haven't really done much with him. So I was glad to at least see that he could have a really nice scene like that and uh, affect another character for the better. So I thought that was good. So speaking about William and Lena and things in this episode that they seem to establish in one scene and throw out the window in another. And that don't make sense. In the beginning of the episode, from what I what I got was that they were like, we're going to let William in bed with us, which LOL is a terrible idea. Um <laughs> And they're like, we want people to see, we're going to get our message out into like into the media. And somehow that's going to make some sort of effect on things. Yeah, we okay. got to get that public support. Yeah, like, okay, we're going to get the Super Friends talking points out there. Like, are the public turning on them or something? Because we're not seeing that in the actual show. So this decision to let him in bed seems nonsensical. But okay, let's put that aside. <laughs> <laughs> they decide to make this decision. They Carl like looks Lena in the face, like looks her in the eye, and she's like, "You're our secret weapon because of the magic." And Lena's like, totally following that. Too super cool, and she's like, <laughs> "So we can't let anyone see you here. Like whatever you do, William cannot see you here because of magic and things." And Lena's like, "Got it, got it, totally solid." And then like two <laughs> scenes later, she's in the tower, and William just waltzes right in nobody has any problem with it and then she's like hey i do magic and i was like i'm sorry what what is happening <laughs> did i misunderstand something well i guess it was because uh they set some ground rules with william that he could not uh jeopardize their mission that he could not uh, go after their secret identities and uh, so there were some ground rules that were uh, set. So maybe part of that uh, that uh, negotiation was that uh, they couldn't. He couldn't write about. Uh, well, later on, now that I think about it, he did want to talk about the magic relating yeah. to Nixley. Yeah. Well, so and, even and if they set that ground rule early on, he he went back and renegotiated. And it it just from a narrative. So taking myself out of the story, and then just like from a higher narrative perspective. Why would you have the characters say it's really important that this character doesn't see this character here? And then without any kind of like, I don't know, without anything, the character just casually walks in, sees the character he's never supposed to see. No one makes a big deal out of it. Like it wasn't previously established that that would be a bad thing. And then the episode just goes on. It would be like, you stop Chekhov's gun and then somebody shoots some somebody with the gun, but then everybody just kind of walks away. Like it's not a big deal. Like <laughs> I was like, why would you set this up as being like a dramatic conflict 
and then just act like it was like any old day. Like do one or the other. You can't have it both ways. Like what? It doesn't even make sense from a storytelling perspective. <laughs> I so, don't understand. <laughs> Electra WWF has some thoughts and possible explanations saying that William was allowed to talk about the magic, but not that Lena could do magic. And he wasn't allowed to say Lena Luther has magic. So I guess, I guess those are maybe some explanations. That, yeah. That. Okay. That makes, that makes it a little bit, make a little bit more sense. Like I do remember that scene where they were like, well, you can say some things, but you can't say other things. And it's like, or he could just not be there. That's <laughs> why is that? Why was, I just think, I guess for me, this storyline just makes so little sense that like my mind is like, like just trying to grasp any any reason why this is like logical or like a thing that they would do is just like to have William around like why why would they do this well and I mean they already have two other reporters who could write stories like yes I know Um, (laughs) but of course that would be unethical uh for them to do so I've been unethical this whole time Cara's entire uh entire career is based on basically being unethical like if you're gonna go down the ethical journalism wormhole like it's not gonna look good for superman and supergirl like you just have to put that aside for the most part (laughs) well i guess this whole storyline do you do you feel like the uh the william thing is just uh uh uh, getting us to the point where william finds out Kara's identity oh yeah i think that's where that's heading i think so and he becomes uh, do they have enough time to give him a superpower is the real question. No, not even just a superpower. Can they get him in a suit? I think, how many episodes in this season? Uh, 20. Ooh, six episodes feels like enough. <laughs> 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 what if he becomes Baking Man and he's just like, he just like throws pies at people like a, like an old timey, like a, like an old timey, uh, like comedian like hey and like just like <laughs> pie right in the face and he's like he did he did mention that his father baked pies see it's set up it's set up he's gonna be the baker. <laughs> <It's> foreshadowing <laughs> and he's gonna I have love like it. A, and his like his like weapon's gonna be like a rolling pin that he's gonna like snap <laughs> can he wear palm. can he wear a chef's hat a chef's hat yeah but the chef's hat's there's gonna be like things in the chef hat like <laughs> like when you like when you go to hibachi and they throw the egg in there but like <laughs> That's what's going to happen with him. I think we've got his whole arc really uh, mapped out. I think it's going to be beautiful and heartbreaking, and I can't wait. (laughs) Speaking about William and his powers, can we talk for a second? So they're in the botanical garden. I'm sorry. I have so many complaints about this. They're in the botanical garden uh, Mm. because because Lino's like, like my mother, I must sniff a few branches. (laughs) to really be able to do the magic correctly. So Lena's off in a corner like sniffing an L uh mm-hmm. like a like an oak tree or whatever. Yeah. And and everybody starts attacking. And William goes, "Don't worry. I've got this." And then Supergirl just lets him get it. Did she was she just trying to make him feel better about himself? Like what was was Mike turned to me and said, he doesn't need to do anything. She's Supergirl. And I agree. I agree. Listen, it's great that he got his fight scene in. I'm really happy for him. But there's no, re- there's no reason why a human journalist man 
would need to do anything with Supergirl there. It just doesn't make sense. And it's one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about this show because it's called Supergirl and she's the most powerful. And yet, like nine times out of 10, we're just watching the Super Friends battle. And now we're just watching the Super Friends like embedded journalist pal do well, some one-on-one -on -one combat. See, Morgan, the problem here is that Supergirl has a lot of abilities that costs a lot of money in <laughs> CGI. And when you have multiple superheroes on the show that also have CGI effects, like being able to phase through a uh, driver's side window of a vehicle, you can't spend all the money doing the heat vision and the flight and all the things. Um, but I agree. He does tell Supergirl to protect Lena. So that was his job. It, but they were and, like, but, but then also, why is William giving Supergirl instructions on how to handle the scene? So shouldn't she be the one to be like, hey, William, I need help. Can you fight those guys off for me? But also, she is Supergirl and they are just people. She has super speed and the ability to just bonk people on the heads very gently. Why aren't people bonking people on the why head? Why is all nobody the time? bonking anybody on the head? <laughs> all the problems could be uh, like the solution <laughs> is just bonks on the head. And I don't understand why no one would do it. But like the fact that he's like, you have to watch Lena and I'm going to like do combat with these human beings is like, she should have been like, no, I'm good. Like I can get this done in 30 seconds. And then we're all just cool. I feel like, I would have like given this that scene a mulligan if like they had like panned over to 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 car and she was just like go on go yeah on, yeah you go I know that I know that you've been you've been like wanting to for a while and like you you go get him William your <laughs> girlfriend's totally real <laughs> <laughs> well he did say he was a war correspondent so I guess that gave him some you know, cred to, to was fight he some like of those a, guys. a war correspondent that also had to like learn MMA or something. Like <laughs> I didn't realize like war correspondents were, it was like, it was like you had to become like a, like a trained fighter. <laughs> you know, I guess, uh, I guess he's capable in his own way to do things, which I don't mind showing the, the human characters being able to take care of themselves. I think that's very important. You know, Supergirl shouldn't be able to, do everything for us. But when Supergirl's not doing anything and this human character is fighting these supercharged other human characters who are like really wanting to kill somebody, you would think that Supergirl would step in. I don't know. I, they yeah. tried They tried to justify it because she needed to protect Lena, but nothing happened to Lena. It wasn't also, like somebody came to try to do something to Lena. Lena wasn't very far away is the thing. And and again, my speeding bonking thing, uh, which could have happened off screen, would have just taken care of it very easily. It wasn't like these were like alien threats that like Supergirl had to really like tussle with. It was like a couple of people who got mad. One of those ladies was just like a gardener. Like, I don't... <laughs> She might have had a gardening tool on her, though. That she could have, have. She could have had one of those little rakes. Yeah, That's... she could have bonked somebody. She could have bonked somebody with that little rake. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the perfect bonking tool. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes they do things with Supergirl that I'm like, ah, she could have done that. I don't know. Um, so I guess uh, one thing that we could talk about before we. Uh, uh, end our discussion is that they did make some forward progress on the Esme front. 
So we've we've met little Esme for a couple of episodes. We're kind of involved with her story, what's going on, and Kelly's really involved in her character. So what did you think about Esme and and how she ends up in this episode? Well, I like seeing Esme again. She was obviously all of our favorites because uh, she's sassy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I liked getting to see Kelly kind of like doing her job and and placing one of the kids with her social work. Um, and then, you know, the story of Esme was kind of a was sad, actually, like the the her foster parents were like, go out, little girl, and fight those people. You have the fire breath or whatever. And she was like, I don't think I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, props to Esme for realizing the limits of her own abilities. Um, <laughs> like, excuse me, wait, I don't think I'm ready for this. Um, <laughs> I object. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like it was going the direction that like a lot of people had um, had sort of figured out that it might go, which is that Esme is probably going to get adopted by Alex and Kelly. Um, it looked like that was the way that it was going at the end of the episode. I kind of liked that um, the Alex and Kelly, like looking at each other and kind of like uh, the unspoken communication between the two of them. Like, well, we don't want to put this little girl in that van and like ship her back off. And she's already pretty down. And, and also I, completely forgot until just this moment but it turns out i really want kids and <laughs> and i have forgotten about adopting honestly just forgotten about it i've been busy um, do you remember when we talked about it in season four we definitely did that time i think yeah yeah she's like you know <laughs> totally for listen i space that i wanted children uh <laughs> but listen when when they're just gonna drop one in your lap like this maybe we just take this one yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, when life gives you uh, children without homes. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I did like that scene uh, with Alex and Kelly where they're like, I don't know. Should we just should we adopt her? Should, oh, I think we should adopt her. Um, uh, and, and I like the idea of like they established who she was and we saw it in another episode. And then we saw her kind of her story here and we care about Esme. And so I like the idea that they're not just, you know, I, frankly, I wasn't sure that they were ever going back to Alex wanting kids uh, because this show. But uh, <laughs> since they are, I like that they like the car the kid that they're going to give her most likely is like a previously established character who they've already gotten us to care about. And so, yeah, I like that storyline. I mean, I feel like honestly, they had to go back to it. Uh, it was the reason Alex and Maggie broke up. Um, and I think a lot of people would have been mad if they never returned to it. Uh, just all sides, Alex fans, Sanvers fans, like Alex and Kelly fans. Everybody would have just been like, wait a minute, I thought you wanted kids. Uh, so they're running out of time to do that. And so this feels like a really good way to kind of set her up with a kid um, that they're, and I like the idea that the, that Esme has power. She's an alien, uh, which kind of feels like it, it throws back to Alex's relationship with Kara and how she can bring all the things that she know um, she learned over the years about dealing with Kara and her abilities and be able to use those when, when parenting little Esme. So I liked all of that stuff. Yeah. And I hope that aunt Kara can, you know, help train her to do some things with her powers uh, because Kara would understand what it's like to be an alien child 
in the world with abilities. So I, I would love to see Kara step in and, and kind of also mentor this little uh, this little Esme uh, adorable child. Um, and so what did you make of her powers? Because she she breathes the fire, but she's breathing the fire like the, the man breathes fire at her and she sort of breathes fire back at him. So what do you what do you make of that? I assume it's kind of like a like she can take powers in and throw them back out. But like if maybe if it's something that either something she I, I don't know if it's is it something that she sees that she can just mimic or is it that like if some if you throw something at her like power wise, she can throw it back at you and like kind of take that energy and disperse it out. I, I, I'm not really sure yet, like what exactly her powers are, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm with Electra WWF. I think Esme has some sort of uh, mimic powers. I think that's that's probably, but it would be interesting to know the rules of it. Like you're talking about, is it something that has to be affecting her, or can she just stand next to Supergirl and have heat vision? Like, how does how does that <laughs> how does that work? Uh, so I would like to know more about. I don't know if they'll give us more details on Esme's powers, but uh, I would like to uh, uh to know more i i did think it was really awful uh, uh what her foster parents did because they were foster parents did she get fo- formally adopted or were they foster parents i think they were just foster parents yeah i think it was like a foster da- placement dana and joe boy they were the worst they, they were, were like, the worst they were like here small child go out here and fight these people for us oh geez. yeah even if she did have powers that she could control i don't think you want to throw out like a six or like a six-year-old and be like all right save us honey that is uh dana and joe they're dana and joe who they're the worst who are you even <laughs> i i did like the uh the short uh moment where esme is out there and she's scared and these people are coming to attack attack her and the the camera stays on uh, on a close-up of esme's face and all you hear are like people fighting 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 and it's uh sentinel and the guardian well guardian not the guardian guardian <laughs> um coming up uh you know to save her i thought that was a really nice moment to show their her- heroism and to show that they were there willing to protect they were sort of the inverse of dana and joe so i liked <laughs> i like the way they did that i also really loved that scene earlier in the episode where alex and uh guardian are fighting and um and just like having a conversation about their day, like, oh my god, it's so great about Esme. And she's like, I made, she made me a little bracelet. And she's like, oh, that's so cute. Like while they're fighting, I thought that that was really funny. Like I like that they're giving uh, Alex and Kelly a little bit more like fun in their relationship. I feel like their relationship has kind of been very serious and very like thoughtful and very like this is how I'm feeling and how are you feeling and like a, a lot of that and and getting to see the the more fun side of Alex and Kelly in like the last you know half of the season i think has been really fun i i hope that they keep that kind of stuff up yeah sometimes i think that can be too much though like you can take me out of the uh the stakes that are happening with that but i think they <laughs> did i think they found a, a a decent balance in this week's episode uh Cla- looks like claudia has a speculation about esme uh saying maybe esme is a shield so maybe she has Ooh. shield powers that would fit in with with guardian uh, that would with uh, guardian shield, so that that could make lots of sense. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll see uh, in uh, coming episodes what happens to little Esme with uh, <laughs> Kelly and Alex, and uh, see how that progresses. 
So that should be fine. I really, I, I know that like Kelly and Alex are the the real people she's supposed to be with, but I would really love to see Esme with Kara. Like that's, that's one of the things I would really, really like to see. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they'll introduce her to Kara. Yeah, that would be great. Because she's basically, I, to your point, she's basically a little Kara. So yeah. I would love to see them have a connection. I think that's the nice thing about them not waiting until like the series finale to, to finally have Alex adopt is that we'll get to see you know, Esme with a- Alex, we'll get to see Alex trying to figure out how to be like a, a mom and, and how that relate, how her and Kelly relate to Esme. And then we'll get to see like Auntie Cara, which will be really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, get to overall thoughts. So what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Magical. Thank you. I didn't like this one. I didn't care for this one. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I uh, no. Uh, you should always be honest with Supergirl Radio. It was it was really hard to like I any episode where I have to like rewatch a scene because I I was like did I misunderstand that like makes me uh, like unhappy because I should understand it like the first way through. I wasn't on my phone or anything. I wasn't like scrolling Twitter while I was watching. I was like paying full attention. I just like was not. Like it didn't make logical sense what was <laughs> what was happening. Uh, like the uh, the Alex and Kelly stuff was good with Esme, and uh, I guess William is embedded. That's a thing that's happening. I've accepted it. Uh, I like that he's into baking, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Kara and Lena scenes were good, even except the one scene where I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Uh, but besides does, that, does that make it good though? Did, did you say that, that scene wasn't good? That oh, scene okay, wasn't good. Okay, I no, because I was like, I don't, I don't like, I don't care for this one. But like <laughs> the, the, the earlier scenes where like Kara's like, go magic Lena, and Lena's like, I don't know about this. And then like the scene at the end where they like were eating pot stickers and hanging out, that was nice. But everything else uh, was a little bit of a mess. Like this one just felt like it was all over the place to me. Which is a shame, like, this close to the end, I want them to be, like, really hitting all cylinders. Just and knocking it out of the park. Uh, not like, this dri- one for Driving me. home the excitement <laughs> towards the end. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, there were moments of this episode that I liked, but uh, I, I was mostly confused by some of it and uh, uh, disappointed by some of the character choices in this episode. Um, but there were some things I liked, uh, like the uh, camera work. I liked the opening shot of Alex taking the the perspective of like the Jenga game where Alex was taking the Jenga piece out. I liked the transition from uh, Kara into Nixley when they had that connection. And uh, just to point, uh, uh, get to Claudia's point here, uh, saying that Kara had a weird bun on her head and it just hit me that Nixley's hair was styled the same during her Courage Gauntlet shows how they are subconsciously linked. And I agree. That's one of the things I thought about, too. So I really like that Nixley-Kara connection. I think that's a really cool aspect of their dynamic that they are continuing to do. So I like that. Um, but uh, some, some of the, the the plot choices and the totem thing, I don't know, part of this episode, I was kind of bored. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of like, we're, I, our, I think this is our second week of totems. I'm already kind of over the totems. Like, I, I, I don't, know. I don't really want it. They were like, oh, we got to do the dream totem next. And I was like, do we, uh, do we have to cool. do another totem? Cool. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, what if we just did three totems instead of seven? Seven seems a, like a lot. Seven is too many. 
So, yeah, so it was a weird mix for me. I liked some things, uh, was disappointed by some things, and was bored by the rest of it. So, yeah, this was kind of a mixed bag for me as well. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about magical thinking. Um, at K Kyle one said, I have no idea what it was about William being there that changed Lena's mind. <laughs> <laughs> that little girl that plays Esme is freaking adorable. Uh, pretty good episode overall, but William should have been home long ago. Just say nay. <laughs> <laughs> at CM uh, Gutierrez 74 said upon rewatch, I really love this episode. I was no longer distracted by the many details and could actually focus on the plot lines. Like last week, there were no wasted scenes and each added to the overall story. Also, I unexpectedly liked William and Esme's story. Uh, at uh, Ka uh, Kaya underscore Matsui said, why is William here? <laughs> having, having a reporter in the tower is the dumbest idea ever. Hashtag no more baking stories. Uh, <laughs> this episode was weird. I don't know if I liked it or not, but Lena working with Kara and being a valuable member of the team was great. Nixley was hilarious. I love this actress. At a weird under oh at a weird yeah at <laughs> a way. underscore weird girl said I guess this was a weird and confusing episode I might need to rewatch but I guess it is going to be like this for the whole totem storyline so I'll try to stay with the positive side Esme is cute the scene with Kara and the bullets was cool and Nixley was hilarious uh at uh lito large said maybe it's because i know it's ending but i feel emotionally detached from each new episode they they're never actually about car anymore i love everyone else but i'm just getting bored great william episode i guess uh two years too late i'm getting lost final season vibes i quick wish <laughs> quick try to wrap up storylines or make stuff work that didn't or does uh or doesn't alex finally adopts yay Feels rushed and Car deserved a better send off and show overall. Uh, kind of feeling over it before it's even over. I know Lito meant it as a negative to say lost final season vibes, but I I would love it if Supergirl had lost final season vibes. If only <laughs> that was my that was my least favorite season of that show. And seriously, if only. <laughs> Uh, at SL Fricky said, do you think there was a lot of trial and error behind Kara learning how to throw a bullet at someone without killing them? Also, let's hope finally adopting a kid isn't Alex's equivalent of being a cop three days from retirement. Anyone else get uh, Comet Court vibes that uh, from that one scene? I think that's just because Lena just tends to have like chemistry with everybody that she interacts with. <laughs> like, I noticed that in her scene with Nia. I was like, is Lena... Lena, you gotta pull that back. You gotta, you can't be flirting with everybody. It's too much. It's too much, Lena. <laughs> can we can we just uh pause to talk about car in the bullets, super in the bullets? Because I legit thought she threw that back to shoot that guy in the head. Me too. I did not like that scene at all. I did I was not like, like that either. Mike and I were like, did she just almost murder that guy? <laughs> <laughs> that they show it bounce off his head. But how did she know it was going to, like, the force of her strength should have thrown that bullet through that man's body. That the, makes no sense The to thing me. about trial and error is definitely correct. Like, how did, she must have worked so hard to be able to flick a bullet with just the amount of pressure that would just bonk him gently in the forehead and not just completely murder him. 
I guess she had practice in season one when she was red cake Hara and she was flicking like the, the nuts or whatever on the table, like <laughs> Superman three, maybe she has learned how to do that. But it, for a second, I was like, Oh my gosh, did she just kill that guy? Like, why would that ever be necessary though? Like again, bonking exists. <laughs> Hara, bonking exists. <laughs> no one wants to bonk in this episode. And I just, <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> uh, at Super Ollie 74 said, it was a good episode. What I'm trying to understand is where are all the cops while all the rioting is happening down at the arena? No one else can help other than the super friends. Esme is so cute. Looks like Alex is going to be a mother after all. So the episode did have a voiceover that says that the police warned people to stay away from Midtown as the chaos was interrupting. And there's also a mention of the uh, NCPD's CompStat technology. Dreamer uses it. Uh, she patches into uh, the CompStat uh, the CompStat technology to track real-time crime incidents. So I guess there are police around. There's only mention of them, but we don't see them doing anything. Would have been great to see at least, like, one police officer, just to know that they're, like, in the mix somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know what? Supergirl's got this. I'm, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> uh, at Valkyrie88A said, I don't know. It was okay. I'm really disappointed that Brainy wasn't there. Lena breaking Nia's brain was probably the best moment of the episode. <laughs> why, why do you think that they, like, miss, like, they don't have certain characters in like they can't have all the characters in at the same time. Is it like a budget thing? Is it a, Oh, we've got to give Jesse Rath the week off. I don't know. Yeah. That, I'm always I don't know why they do that. Some like occasionally Nia will just dip out to like, go take a nap for half of an episode or I, I would understand if one of them was like, um, like Ozzy Tespi where she was writing the episode or maybe one of them was directing it or something. I would understand that, but I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like Brainy needed to be missing. It didn't. <laughs> uh, at uh, Rog Vortex fifty eight said, "Esme Danvers Olson actually has a nice ring to it. Love the Dan uh, Danson moms and their new daughter." Oh, uh, the, uh, the chat saying it was a COVID protocol thing. Oh, interesting. Oh, so I guess he had to be out of it. That's weird. Hmm, that is weird. Um, at Aqua Animus said, it stunk without Brainy. <laughs> um, at Willie Belcher 6 said, when was the last time Car and Alex had a one-on-one -on -one scene? It's been um, a while. It has been a while. I want a, I want a Car and Alex couch scene. That's what I want. And then uh, finally, at Anthony Nia said, entertaining, but the writers sure love to make a simple story complicated. It's a whirlwind of exposition. Questions. Will we get more of William's metaphorical baking backstories? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> where, where is the NCPD? Was Brainy absent because he's searching for McGon? Now AWOL for 11 episodes. It's Doesn't anybody care about McGon? Where is <laughs> McGon? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we have somebody keeping track of McGon watch. McGon watch, yeah. We we should start that like we used to have Snap Watch. <laughs> so I'm glad we have McGon watch going on. Uh, well, we have an email from Julia who writes, "Quote: Am I crazy? Have the last three episodes had a co a cohesive plot and they were easy to watch? Why is the back end of the season so good? I'm glad Julia's enjoying it. That's that's good to hear." Uh, Julia says, uh, "These are her thoughts. Uh, number one, William really asked." 
where did you guys get the money for this tower setup? And Nia just, just deflected with a joke about dry cleaning because no one, not even <laughs> the super friends, know the real answer, which is that John probably embezzled DEO money for decades in a secret slush fund. Yeah, that's a great question. How do they fund the tower? They have they have yeah. a lot of monitors and technology. They pro and it, lo it looks like they have a lot of rooms. You'd have there'd be a big power bill, I think. Yeah, a huge power bill. <laughs> yeah. So how do they fund it? Uh, so that's a great question. All right. So Julia's second thought, lots of great dancing moments. It was so cute that they were casually beating up dudes while supporting each other emotionally like a healthy couple should. And holy crap, they had a whole conversation about becoming foster parents by looking at each other. And I just died because it was so adorable. Number three, it's interesting to see Lena struggle with her magic as a literal genius with movie star good looks and more money <laughs> than God. She's probably not used to having not get uh, getting what she sets out to do. It's an opportunity for character growth, even if the mag magical pedigree is more of a plot device than a subplot that organically developed. Number four. Kara is scared and it shows. It must be weird for her to feel so powerless. It's one of the reasons I really liked the Psy episode from season three. I love it and I can't wait to see how she deals with it this time. And number five, uh, Julia says, it was Brainy's turn to be MIA for the episode. So Nicole really got to shine on her own during her comedic scenes. I'm hoping the brain, uh, the dreamer, uh, the dream totem episode continues the trend of balancing serious character development and lighthearted comic relief. So we get a break from all the doom and gloom, unquote. Uh, we, uh, Patty wrote in to say, we all criticized the lady with the iguana in the museum last week, but we don't know if the iguana was an emotional support animal, so we should not judge. Uh, about this week's episode, I don't know what to think. It wasn't bad, but it was not that good either. William being in the tower makes no sense. Why would they let a journalist in their secret lair? Besides, <laughs> Nia and Kara are journalists, so why bring someone from the outside? Also, didn't all the reporters at CatCo have a non-compete clause in their contract? So William's threat to, uh, to Andrea to leave for the Daily Planet makes no sense. I don't see why he is still in the show. There's no reason for him to be here. I assume they will be doing something with him. Something. Uh, well, uh, Mark wrote in with some thoughts saying, Hi, ladies. A few thoughts on this week's episode. Kara flying into her apartment, which still exists. Yay! To find her friends prepping game night. Seems so... Hopeless. Nixley in her head is really getting to her. I'm very uh, glad Kara had a lot to do this week. Brainy exiled or jaxed to the Legion cruiser? <laughs> Were they at the point where they had to trim one case member every episode to save money? Was a broadcast network TV show digging through the famed Danvers couch looking for spare chains to produce episodes? Speaking of the couch, did the Super Friends rearrange Kara's furniture for game night? Shouldn't the couch have been in the shot? And where are where are all her half-finished paintings that we've never seen her work on in six years? <laughs> yeah, she's apparently an artist, but we've never seen her do it. Uh, Mark continues, shouldn't Kara have been more careful hanging out in the tower in her cities, giving, given that William might be around? And I have to admit, in that last scene with Kara and Lena, my thought was, pot sticker betrayal in all caps, should have been <laughs> Alex. And he just uh, put a, a bullet point of the inevitability of Esme. <laughs> also, regarding all of the conditions, etc., the Super Friends put on William, uh, while many of them seemed reasonable. I have to wonder if you should have a journalistic uh, journalism ethics consultant to weigh in on the appropriateness of it all. Uh, and uh, then he quotes, we want to see your articles before you publish them. Seemed particularly sketchy to me. Uh, yeah, I guess. The, uh, <laughs> the seeing the articles before you publish them is a little sketch, 
but it's it's not like they were like we want to have final you know approval we're gonna give you edits that you have to take so uh one assumes that he could just be like no that's staying in but one could uh, completely uh, eliminate this issue entirely by not having him there at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's such an option. (laughs) You could just not have him there. Uh, Nicole says uh, the inevitability, the inevitability of Esme is a band I would listen to. Yeah, it sounds like a great band name. (laughs) And then uh, Patua says, William's just horsing around. Uh, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, Emma sent us an email writing. I loved seeing Nixley overwhelmed with compassion and empathy in part because it seemed almost like a peek into who she was before the betrayal, who she could have been. Plus her short monologue about saving the planet was great, especially the line about saving the snow leopards from extinction. Just the delivery alone was a chef's kiss. Uh, The side plot of Esme's foster parents basically using her as an emergency defense system was interesting when contrasted to how the Danverses behaved when raising Kara. You have the parallel of human families taking in an alien orphan with incredible powers, but where the Danvers family protected Kara, even though she was superpowered, Esme's foster parents tried to exploit her because she was superpowered and makes Alex and Kelly's decision to take her in all the more heartwarming because Alex is following in her parents' footsteps while also completely staying true to her own character, so much of which has been defined by her status as the protector and guardian of a scared little alien girl, just so long as the writers don't pull a Jeremiah on poor Kelly. (laughs) What if Kelly just, like, uh, decided to go... uh, take a hike in the woods and we never saw her again and alex is like i'm never gonna stop looking for you kelly <laughs> and then the next episode she never speaks about kelly again. <laughs> uh lena and her learning magic scenes were both funny and heartwarming as soon as she decided to go on uh, as soon as she decided to go collect ingredients herself i was chanting at my tv sniff those branches lena <laughs> I do like how they're showing her struggling to learn slash harness the new powers as opposed to it all happening off screen and just making her able to do whatever the plot demands. They're handling this coming into your power storyline so much better than some others. Cough, dreamer, cough. (laughs) Uh, Lena arguing against the plan of draining more humanity from people to overwhelm defeat Nixley was such a nice demonstration of her character development. As soon as Kara said, uh, as soon as Kara said it was for the greater good, you just knew Lena would not be on board after the whole non-no-cherry thing. She comes so far from trying to brainwash humanity for its own good. And then it's like a smiley face with like a teardrop because she's (laughs) proud. Uh, (laughs) That said, the resolution felt off. They still ended up doing the bad thing for the right reasons, but somehow it was okay because William got to report about it. I understand they were trying to make a transparency argument, but it didn't hit right for me. I'm glad that I'm also not the only yeah. one who like, like you and I, we, okay. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I felt like I was going crazy, honestly, watching that episode. I was like, this doesn't make sense. It does not make sense for everybody. Um, and then the, the email concludes with random additional thoughts. Game night was with this, with all the super friends is back. Kara cackling like Nixley made me cackle and Lena accidentally breaking Nia's brain was hilarious. Yeah, that was really funny with Carr and Nixley. Uh, Daryl wrote in to share some thoughts, writing, quote, this whole thing about the super friends caring about public perception feels entirely out of left field, and I have no idea how the writers came up with this idea. Why do they care so much about being accused of operating in secret? That was the DEO's whole deal, and the super <laughs> friends never had a problem with it. If they care so much about how the public views them, are we uh, going to get the civilian's point of view about them in National City? 
that would be great, Daryl, that, if that's that what really they were going to do. But I, I don't, uh, I'm not counting on it. Uh, Daryl goes on to say, uh, quote, I'm not connecting to the idea of Nixley being this huge threat. They talk about her like she's a giant overhanging threat, but I don't pick that up from her scenes. Is it really this hard to go back to the fifth dimension? The villain of the episode wasn't Nixley. It was Esme's foster mother. Uh, what were they? Uh, what their names? Donna? I've already, I've already forgotten. Was those it Donna? Horrible... No, it was Dana and Joe. Dana. Dana, Dana, and Joe. Dana, and so he's Dana. talking. He's talking about <laughs> Dana here. It was Esme's foster mother, Dana. No one has <laughs> ever done anything that awful on Supergirl before. It was pretty bad. It was a little, really bad. Little girl out there. I can't believe we didn't get to see Alex or Kelly confront her. It's about time we see Alex on the road to adoption again because it's been too long, and they need to have her adopt so her breakup with Maggie won't seem so meaningless. Unquote. Yeah, I think uh, now, now we've 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 justified it. Now we <laughs> we've gotten to that point. <laughs> finally, yeah, finally, <laughs> Alex has remembered that she who she wants to adopt. <laughs> she wanted to be a mom. <laughs> she never remembered Jeremiah, but at least she remembered she wanted to be a mom. <laughs> this is a pretty big deal. It's, Our, it's that's her character arc is remembering things. <laughs> finally, doing which it. which was tough in season four because she had her mind wiped. <laughs> So she couldn't, she couldn't. It's been rough for Alex. <laughs> well, uh, Morgan, Morgan, do you want to do uh, some snap judgments? I think we should. All right. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So our first set of snap judgments are from uh, <laughs> uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui. Who is the worst boss? Andrea or Nixley? Andrea. At least Nixley is somewhat supportive of her employee. But Andrea yeah. is just the worst. I would hate working for Andrea. Andrea is the worst because I also don't like she doesn't realize that if like you're you're bossing around a person who like can get you something they can just go get another job like apparently <laughs> William apparently William Day is like a well-respected war correspondent like he doesn't have to sit around sit around and take Andrea's like uh you know mean digs and like moving him next to the bathroom like he can just go get another job. Yeah, people in the chat are not <laughs> feeling Andrea. Um, and William was also really surprised that she was hacking into his computer to read his story. And I was like, do you not remember season five? She was over this whole tech company that yeah. tried to mind control the world. Why the is whole so world. <laughs> Why is this a surprise to you? Like, like, did does crisis happen like once every five episodes on this show, and that everybody just forgets about every, what happened? Nobody remembers. Oh, geez, Louise. Uh, okay, who was the best boss, Lena or Jean? Lena had a standard back when she was Kara's boss. To like, she was like, "You need to come to work." So <laughs> I, so I respected that about Lena. She was like, you, "You're going to have to be here. You're going to have to be doing your work. You're going to have to come to your meetings." So I think she, uh, she stays on top of it. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with John because, like, I like how he kind of took everybody under his wing. Mm, uh -huh. Did some of his employees die? Yes, they did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was really supportive. He was like, <laughs> he was like a great space dad. And so I, I, I'm giving him props, even though they didn't all make it, and and his. <laughs> whole organization crumbled into the ground and <laughs> i'm now understanding that lena is definitely the better boss. <laughs> uh 
Um, okay. Who is the worst employee, Kara or Lena? Kara, for I mean, sure. Is Lena an employee of anything? Has she ever been in her whole life? I mean, maybe she's kind of an employee at the tower now, but I don't think she earns any money. That who knows? But you I think Lena, Lena you know has a financial situation. Lena has a good work ethic. She was always in that lab working on stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and she in would, her she would office. get to work. Yeah. She so, shows up to work. That's definitely that's, Kara. That's the major thing for Lena. She actually shows up. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have a boss like Andrea or an employee like Kara, but you can't fire them? God, that's hard. Because I really would hate working for Andrea. I guess I would have to say employee like Kara. Because at least you know what you're getting with Kara. Like somebody else just cover for her because she's not going to show up. I feel like employee like Kara, like this snap judgment doesn't say that like upper management has realized that your employee is really bad. Right. So you can just, you're going to have to cover for her like a whole bunch because she's never going to be there, but at least she's nice. Right. Like yeah. Andrea, I don't want to have to like walk in and have to deal with that kind of attitude. Yeah. That's, also, that's not a good environment. Also, Andrea is like straight up bad at her job. Like that's <laughs> all the things that she's telling him to do are like bad ideas like she's like burn all your sources with the first story he's like what if i didn't do that <laughs> and i just kept giving you good stories that are going to get traffic she's like no no i want you to really make them mad so that they kick you out and he's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> so i wouldn't want to have to deal with her no she's terrible okay our next set of snap judgments are from emma better olsen sibling superhero turtle boy jimmy and the newsboy legion or Guardian Kelly and the News Gal Legion. Oh, but I get Turtle Boy Jimmy. It's it's a it's with, a two for one with the Newsboy Legion. Oh, I mean, I really like Kelly, and I would love to see the News Gal Legion. But to get Turtle Boy with the Newsboy Legion, that's that's the that's the one. I'm picking. I'm picking that. I mean, two for one. Obviously, <laughs> I got. I gotta go. I gotta go. Turtle Boy. <laughs> if you're given the option, you should always go Turtle Boy. A I Turtle think. Boy is always the option. A turtle boy for all seasons. Uh, <laughs> all right. Who was the best background Catco character? R.I.P. O.G. Kelly. Never forget. Uh, Franklin, the dryad desk dweller. Or James's desk home. Well, uh, we do love uh, O.G. Kelly on Supergirl Radio. We do. Ne never forget. Never, never forget. <laughs> um, but James's desk home. It had a it had a journey like it had it, it had you know it went through different style choices and many different people who were there with the desk. I think a lot of things happened in there with the desk. James got shot in there. Oh my god! In front of the so desk. I mean, in front of his home. <laughs> <laughs> there there were many things that re revolved around the desk. So I'm going to go with the desk on this one. I have to go with the desk. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. That was really, it was such a homey environment that he had created under there. He had really like, uh, he had really like imagined what he wanted that desk situation to look like. And he brought it to life. I feel like in like another universe, he's like one of those Instagram influencers who's like home decor. And like <laughs> underneath there is like beautiful. There's like a, there's like a fake, uh, a fake deer head on the wall. It's like white, you know, you know, the ones I'm talking about. There's so many candles under there and it's, uh, and it's beautiful under there. And so I have to go to the desk home because, uh, because I do, I do miss that one specific joke about James. 
Um, okay. Which Supergirl mother slash maternal figure would you want as your mom? Snarky and fabulous queen of all media mom, Cat Grant? Cunning and world-conquering mom, Rhea of Daxum? Or would definitely kill you, but might also try to poison your you, mom, Lillian Luther? Lillian, I think, would definitely stick up for you if somebody was That's true. coming for you. And I like that. But I also would not want that drama. So I'm going to pick Cat Grant. Uh, definitely Cat Grant is the one that's going to try to kill the least amount of people in that <laughs> scenario. And I feel like if, for my personal life, I just want less murder. I want to watch it. I want to listen to podcasts about it. I don't want it near me. I don't want like I don't want like a mom figure who's going to try to like take over a city. That's too much. That's too much drama. And then if she does take over the city, that's so much responsibility on me. <laughs> so Let, less murder, more bonking. I think. Yes, more bonking. Always, always yeah. in favor of bonking. <laughs> it is the correct decision in every scenario. I think. <laughs> uh, okay, From, we have a snap judgment from Mark. Imagine where you were last Thursday at 1 p.m. So okay. set your mind back. Okay. Mark's telling a story here. Imagine Thursday, 1 p.m. <laughs> the humanity of everyone who was within 100 feet of you at that moment, including above and below you if you were in a tall building, drains into you for one day so that you feel perfect empathy for 24 hours while they all go berserk. Or... You have to watch your best friend eat pot stickers without utensils at lunchtime every day for a month. I mean, that would probably get annoying. It would get annoying. There'd be a lot of like, maybe like smacking of the fingers and like, I, I don't know. that. Um, because when you're dipping, you're like, your fingers are going to get the sauce on it. So yeah. there's like a lot of like finger stuff in there. But like that's but the, it's livable. But it's yeah, livable. but you can do it. Otherwise, there's a whole bunch of people causing chaos and like hurting each other. And like if you're in a big building, above and below could get dicey, right? Because yeah. how do you get out? Right, yeah, you right. Gotta, you're stuck you, there for 24 hours. You gotta go pot stickers in this. Yeah, scenario I think I just think like white knuckle it through. I can deal with it. <laughs> All right. So our last set of snap judgments comes from Anna. So we know that these are going to be a ride. And given the length of them, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, Anna, <laughs> here we go. All right. First, Nixley mentioned the guard having a family who loved him. What would uh, what would have most likely happened if he had been killed? His only daughter, who he was raising as a single dad, would spend the rest of her childhood going from foster home to foster home, never feeling the loving hug of a parent again. As she know. struggles to cope, she ends up befriending another boy who visits his parents at the same cemetery her father is buried at. Oh, she falls in nice. love with him, only for him to disappear without a trace a year later. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I want that YA novel <laughs> or Anna you have a real gift by the way or <laughs> the guard's older sister and best friend who had vowed to protect him her whole life is engulfed in grief and she struggles to cope in a world where she can no longer hear her brother's laugh mm. the guilt from not being there to save him overwhelms her and she dies at his grave 50 years later while holding a picture of them as children to her heart wow that one that wow, that was brutal. Really tough. That was brutal. Oh, geez. Anna. I, I kind of like the foster home uh, love story, though. I do too, because I feel oh, like there's like a mystery component. Like after he disappears, yeah, does she go did... looking for him? Yeah. How did he die? Do we know how he died? 
or did or maybe he went into hiding maybe he's in witness protection oh no he, he didn't die he, he didn't die he just he's disappeared just missing. Oh. what if she saves him what if she yeah, they can reunite today? yeah reunite. That, could, that could turn that could turn around i think I would watch that movie. I would read that book. I'm in it. I'm in it for the first one. <laughs> the second one's too sad. I like the first one. There's mystery involved. It's dramatic. Uh, okay. Number two. Second Anna snap. Buckle up. Because this one seems just as long. Okay. You are in the world of Supergirl during the events of the episode. What would you rather go through? You are close to the blast radius and lose your humanity. You roam the streets looking for anyone to attack as people run and scream. As your humanity is restored, you find yourself holding an axe above your head as a young foster girl looks up at you crying in fear. Ooh. A gash already across her face. Oh, oh my no. god. And you have to live with the pain of that image for the rest of your life. Or you are trying to enjoy brunch with a loved one. When the chaos begins, you race down the street trying to reach safety. They hold onto your hand as you run because they trust you to keep them safe. Then suddenly you're confronted by a group of children on bikes with newspapers and bats. And you watch helplessly as they kill your loved one. When humanity is restored, you're still clutching their lifeless body, begging them to wake up again. So in this scenario... The news gal and or boy legion has gone very wrong. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, not the news gal uh, legion. <laughs> I think I would have to pick the first one because at least you don't lose somebody. Yeah. And you did. Listen, you didn't kill anybody. You did bonk them on the head with an axe, <laughs> which in this case, in this one case, is not the solution. <laughs> but. You did not murder anybody. Uh, and so since nobody got murdered in that scenario and I didn't have to watch uh, like somebody slowly get beat to death with a rolled up newspaper, which would take a really long time. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go first scenario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Last at a snap judgment. Buckle in. This one's shorter. <laughs> you are in a courtroom and your co-host is being held in a cage in front of you for a crime that they did not commit. Rebecca, you did not commit it. Uh, <laughs> with their family and friends crying behind you, you have two buttons in front of you. Which one do you press? The left button, which will sentence your co-host to 10 years of manual labor in Siberia. Rebecca, I will not make that. With only <laughs> one phone call home a year. But... Kara ends up married to William in the show and you get a free five-day vacation to Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska's not as much of a draw as you think. <laughs> or, <laughs> or the right button, which will set your co-host free, but Kara and Lena end up married in the show and the star in a spinoff series focused on Supergirl and Lena that will end up running for 10 seasons. Okay, Morgan, can I make my case for how you should sentence me? Like, okay, I'll, I'll, yes. plead, I'll plead my case. Yes. Okay, and, and I'm going to plead my case. And, yeah. Yeah, and then you can make the judgment. I like so, it. So, okay, I definitely did not commit the crime, but... But I would I would love a, a travel vacation to Siberia. I, I'm okay doing some <laughs> manual labor. It seems like labor you makes it so seem fit. like I'll still get paid. Yeah, I'll 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 get a lot of exercise. I'll probably get outside. Day. I'll have a lot of steps. Uh, I can maybe <laughs> I can maybe save one phone call uh, call home a year. I can make those those count. Also, I like the idea of the fry, fi a free five day vacation to Nebraska. I could be into that. So, it gives me wait, a vacation. The question is, do you get the free five-day vacation or do I? I think I get that free five-day vacation. Wait, hang on. I think I get it. So I'm I would I would this. get sentenced to 10 years manual labor in Siberia with only one phone call home a year. 
But Kara ends up married to William in the show, and you only get oh, and I get I a see free how you're reading vacation. Oh, so, I, so I, I don't get the vacation. You know, I'm sorry, you're not going to Nebraska. You're going straight to Siberia to haul rocks. It still doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, I could maybe be into it. what is the what is the manual labor project we're doing? She didn't specify what maybe it could be a really fun project. What if you make a beautiful cathedral? <laughs> what if it's a wonder of the world? <laughs> you end up in a textbook someday, Rebecca. Did you consider that, Anna? Because the alternative Again, do I have to go to Nebraska? Suddenly all of our Nebraska listeners have stopped listening. <laughs> Because the alternative, I'm making the case for Siberia because the alternative is that there's a show that goes on for 10 seasons. Is but that, Rebecca, is on that the flip side, we get to podcast about <laughs> that show for 10 seasons. That sounds like a win-win to me. But is it written by the same show showrunners Ooh, and writers? Here's the thing. Anna <laughs> Anna did not specify. So, so I'm going to assume new writers. I'm going to assume that. Not only new writers, the best writers. <laughs> the show is with, with only two main characters from the first show. It really has time to focus in on Kara and her struggles and her journey, and and Lena just wearing increasingly weird witch outfits. It just gets witchier and witchier as the episodes <laughs> and the seasons go by until the end of the show. She's basically just riding around on a broomstick full time playing <laughs> Quidditch with nobody else because no one will ever play with her. So uh, I am clearly I'm advocating for the 10 years of the uh, the car and Lena spinoff show. Uh, that's my super corp exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> because i think first off i'm in favor this is going to be a great show second of all again she did not say it was with the same creative team so this True. could finally be the supergirl show of our dreams <laughs> just a really just a deep dive into the psyche of Kara Zorel with lena doing magic <laughs> i mean they could introduce comet the super horse comet and all come. the things i mean well now there's know. magic so yeah crazy right like, that's true car is like this is my wife she's a witch and and lena's like oh don't don't think she's being mean about me i'm really a witch <laughs> <laughs> and, and car is like that's just a little thing we do when we introduce ourselves <laughs> all right like, so i fun so i guess i will be sending uh, <laughs> i'll be pushing the right button uh, which will set set you free morgan yeah and uh then car and lena end up married uh in the show and start star in a spinoff series that uh lasts for 10 seasons 10 seasons that's Rebecca, a lot of a decade a, a decade of that <laughs> podcast uh, <laughs> super core radio <laughs> our spinoff podcast oh my goodness uh, uh yeah I mean, this one lasted six, so, you know, it flew by. <laughs> Ten years, a decade's just going to fly on by. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How how would you sentence me? Because uh, hmm. I, 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 I did make a case for Siberia. You did make a case for <laughs> Siberia. So, and I feel like you get real swole out there. I do need but, to exercise more. <laughs> but, but, but. How am I? I can't do the podcast alone. I know <laughs> no, no one's coming. Who's going to make the Google Doc? No one's coming <laughs> to just watch me barely remember an episode. Uh, and so I'm sorry, uh, but I'm sentencing you to ten to ten years <laughs> of Supercore Radio. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that sentencing, <laughs> but I guess but I'll have to scenario, live with it. I think we get everything we want. I think Snapper shows up. He starts snapping oh, immediately. Yeah. Director it's Bones is there. He's just Bones in a suit. 
It's the show of our dreams. Maybe it's on. I think you know what? I think it's on HBO Max, <gasps> and they've got HBO Max money. That's and so where Director Bones is just everywhere. He's just uh, all over the place. Okay. Comet, Comet's there. Okay, I'm into it. Okay, <laughs> you sold me. I on. pitched it out. <laughs> I think I could maybe live with that. Maybe I'll choose that over uh, Siberia. I could maybe <laughs> live with that. All right, so let's uh, uh, wrap up snap judgments, and uh, we'll uh, end the live stream. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode on the Supergirl season six episode titled Magical Thinking. And uh, we will have to uh, get to some DC TV podcasts and Supergirl radio plugs as soon as I uh, figure out the right uh, video to play. But uh, this will help you know how to keep in touch with us and where to find all of our stuff. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and in Inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. And I just realized uh, in my rush of things this week, I forgot to create a little tea public <laughs> to promote something from the store. But you should just know that the tea public store has a lot of great things in it. So go all Check kinds of stuff there's like lena stuff there's jean stuff dreamer stuff anything that you can imagine in your mind it's there and it's there's there. some there's some super Girl radio stuff in there there's a snap judgments uh design so definitely i think my them. favorite is rama khan's rama wine yeah i you, think that's uh <laughs> that is uh the that's the only rama khan uh merchandise probably on t public it's but that exists in the universe on the probably. internet <laughs> so, so get that exclusive ramacon rama wine uh t-shirt or mug uh because it's there in the dc tv uh podcast t public store all right well uh we need to get to thanking our legion of super sponsors for supporting the super radio patreon uh that would be michael sam Anne marie yvonne quinn jessica nicola leslie susan abby ermgar miriam sheree donna nicole lizeth and anna thank you all 
for your support. Uh, we do have uh, four monthly levels. If you would like to support what we do here, uh, it, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and become uh, one of our members of our Supergirl Radio Patreon. You guys help keep the lights on at Supergirl Radio. And we just like to give back and give you some exclusive bonus things. Uh, so we will uh, be doing our quarterly review uh, next week. Uh, we've decided on doing the the Green uh, Lantern uh, live action film with Ryan Reynolds because uh, that uh, is something that uh, Morgan has never seen and I haven't watched in a while. So that should be a good <laughs> review. I, I unfortunately, in, the last, in, in our last quarterly review, I revealed a shocking secret, like John's shocking secret, which is that I was like, Rebecca, I don't care for Green Lantern. And so <laughs> I think Rebecca's trying to, to win me over. To I was like, I don't get, I, what's the point of him? I don't get it. Uh, so now I'm trying to learn more about Green Lantern to just try to see if I, if is my, is my opinion uh, correct or am I incorrect about Green Lantern? Is he like, did I just misunderstand him? You did like Moga the sentient planet uh, that was associated with the I love Green that Lanterns. guy. Yeah. <laughs> from rebirth i think so yeah so that's good stuff uh so should we tell people about uh, flat supergirl oh i would love to uh, <laughs> as a reminder we're still running our flat supergirl photography contest and we're running it until the end of supergirl so you still have another month to get your flat Supergirl images. And to enter, you just download and print flat Supergirl, which you can find in the video description of this live stream, in the show notes of the audio podcast, or at the right-hand side of supergirlradio.com. Then you cut out flat Supergirl and attach her with glue or tape to a popsicle stick, a pen, a pencil. And then you're just going to want to take a creative picture with flat Supergirl. Now, this can be a selfie, but it doesn't have to be. And it can be pretty much anything. You can take Flat Supergirl on an adventure with you. You can just kind of hang out with Flat Supergirl. Hey, you've got chores around the house, don't you? Well, why doesn't she help you with that? Like, what is she doing? What is what is she doing She's so, so lazy. time? Why is she so lazy? Listen, listen, I'm not telling you to put Flat Supergirl to work, but she is just sitting there and you're doing all the work. Have her fold some laundry. <laughs> Have her do some dishes. Not with too much water, though. She is paper. So, <laughs> as you put Flat Supergirl to work, sort of tidying up around your house. She's got super speed, so she can do it very quickly. Uh, you're going to want to take a picture uh, and post those pictures, as many as you'd like. You can get her doing all the chores in your house and take all of those pictures. And then post them to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Make sure you tag at Supergirl Radio and use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, uh, put put her to work. She's put her to doing, work. What's she doing? doing? What's she's she so, She's so lazy. Get her doing <laughs> stuff. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can also check me out on my personal YouTube uh, channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, I'm still going through my Batman v Superman reviews, the top critics uh, negative reviews of BBS, still going through those. I uh, Apparently, I discussed previously the disgraced uh, reviewer from the Star Tribune and how I couldn't find his review on the internet now because it was wiped. And then uh, one of my viewers found it, I guess, on the Wayback Machine. Uh, so Ooh. maybe I'll have to review it uh, <laughs> now that uh, I have a link to it and can uh, look at it. So we'll maybe take a look at that next time around. But we're still going through the reviews. If you want to hop in there on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, we are still hanging out and talking some uh, film analysis.
Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a coast, uh, co-host, a coast, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that take off. Uh, <laughs> the word co-host is just too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me as a coast on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, where we just dropped an episode rating all of Legends of Tomorrow season six on our patented owl uh, rating system if you say how can you be have you can you have patented that that seems like it's from harry potter we haven't and don't tell jk rowling <laughs> um <laughs> but uh so we went through the season and we uh we rated the episode so if you watch the season and you're interested in how many episodes got outstandings or trolls uh that's a great episode to check out if you haven't watched the season and you're like Boy, I would love a concise recap of season six of Legends of Tomorrow. Concise it is not, but it will mm. give you a recap of that season. Uh, and you won't even have to have watched it. Oh, so, that's, uh, that's yeah, perfect. So it's, yeah. It's, so it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so you should uh, you should check that out. We also probably have a, a, a pretty fun kind of a fantasy football thing coming up. Uh, maybe a draft. Even mm. I like that uh, idea. So you should definitely make sure that you are subscribed so that you get that episode that will be coming pretty soon. Uh, and then I'm also a coast on uh DC TV After Dark, which I see a, a couple of people in the, the chat are asking if it is an annual show now or <laughs> when there will when there will be a new episode. Good questions. Good questions, <laughs> all. Uh, we are planning a new episode dot 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 question mark soon what we like <laughs> what we like about this show really is what i call the mystery aspect will we update again when what month what day what year so <laughs> the best way to know is just to subscribe because when that episode comes because we have no set schedule we just kind of feel it in the atmosphere when when it's time it's kind of like lena's magic it will just like <laughs> appear before us we sniff a branch and we're like ah that's it uh, <laughs> so you're gonna want to be subscribed when it just suddenly pops up on your podcast feed uh but we are hopefully uh gonna record an episode pretty soon uh but i wouldn't I'm not agreeing to any time frame or date. <laughs> Can't guarantee anything. Because it's always wrong. <laughs> what was I the last episode that came out? Did did I break DC TV after dark? Oh, we were broken far before you were back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, well, I look forward to it uh, because <laughs> I think uh, DC TV After Dark is very, very fun. So please make more episodes. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you'll embrace your humanity this week. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> <laughs>
Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio. 